unsolved crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 84. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses in the middle of the spooky month. It is approaching it the is day here. of spooky. All right. It is here. Yeah, it, it is here. We picked some pumpkins. Now it's official. We did. I got those babies hanging out in plastic bags. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Yeah, we're still yet to clean them. When it comes to Halloween, I'm kind of like a dog chasing a car. I'm like, wow, I can't wait. And then it comes, I'm like, now what? (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. What are you talking about today? This week, I'll be talking about the Crescent Hotel, a stay with a creepy past and spooky present. Ooh, I'm talking about the Cock Lane Ghost. Nice. Really set the tone there. Yeah. Sorry we missed last week. We were both sick. Woohoo! Sick as in not very well, not sick as in absolutely rad. Although I would argue that we were both. You definitely were not. No, I was sweating out. Good God, you were not very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I lost my voice for a few days, so you wouldn't have been able to understand us. Honestly. It was very convenient, wasn't you, it? You would have just heard Abby wailing in the background Aww. and me sounding like a fully grown man. Are you not a fully grown man? No, <laughs> I'm only halfway through. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, should we get right into it, or do you have some news for me? I do have some news. The news is from Animalian.com. Ooh. The National Astronomical Observatory of the Chinese Academy of Sciences have captured 1,650 signals that were sent to us on Earth over the span of 47 days. Oh my goodness. We don't know what the signals are from, or what they even really mean, but... We've been getting these type of signals on and off since 2007. And recently, Professor Li Dai and Dr. Wang Pei have been collating these fast radio bursts to try and figure out what the source is. Some people are obviously saying it's extraterrestrials. Yeah. Although scientists are more inclined to believe that it's an entire dwarf galaxy. Oh my goodness. I know, right? Because of the amount of signals, it demonstrates the presence of a permanent radio source. These signals are strong, though, because scientists believe that the average fast radio burst releases as much energy in one millisecond as the sun puts out in three days. No way. Yeah, man. Strong old radio. No one's getting their hopes up too much now, though, as there's the belief it's just seasonal. As in, the reason that we got so many at once is because of, like, coincidental environmental factors, I guess. Oh, I thought you meant everyone was going, like, Happy Halloween! No, no. From every country. All of the aliens. Aliens. Planet. Every single alien is like, happy Halloween, guys. And we're just like, I don't know, planet? God knows, galaxy? Who knows? Maybe it's like a Halloween planet. Maybe. (laughs) You ever thought about that, science? (laughs) Okay, losers. You're welcome. (laughs) Just just fixed your problem there, guys. You would live there. Oh my god, yeah. And that's a fact. Yeah, like in Before Christmas. I would love to live there. Really? Didn't they try and kill Santa? Yeah. Look, we're not talking about this. <laughs> Here we are, the Nightmare Before Christmas podcast. All right, and that's all the news I have to share with you. Hopefully we'll get some more and figure out what they're coming from. That is super interesting. Yeah. Okay, you ready to hear about some ghosts? Sure. Or you want to talk about aliens more? No, no, no. Hit me with the ghost. All right, let's talk about the Cock Lane ghost. Sources are ianvisits.co.uk, Wikipedia, and unexpectedtraveller.com. 
There are loads of pages for this, but they were all just kind of the same thing, really, so. It's otherwise known as the Scratching Fanny of Cock Lane. I'll give you a second to absorb that so we don't have to come back to it. Wow, that's a lot of information that you've piled on us. Yep. Also, I thought you'd like this because it's a little bit of a scandal. <gasps> oh, I do love a scandal. I know you love a little bit of drama. Ooh. Come on then. So it's the year 1759. I'm sure you remember it well. I do. And this event attracted public attention, mass public attention. Oh, yeah. A man named William Kent was living in a small village in Norfolk with his wife, Elizabeth Lyons, and her sister, Fanny. Elizabeth was pregnant, and Fanny had moved in during pregnancy to kind of help her out, I guess, presumably. William was essentially a loan shark, and he was the keeper of a local post office. And Elizabeth was the daughter of a grocer, and the two of them were very much in love. Aww. Aww. Unfortunately, however, Elizabeth died during the birth of her child. Whoa. So William was on his own to raise the son. And because of this, Fanny decided that she would stay and help him with the boy. Oh. That's nice. So she continued to live at his house. However, his son also died because it's 1759. Oh, everyone was dying back then. Everyone was just dying. So William was alone again. Oh. Fanny didn't leave, though. She decided she would stay and take care of William. Mm. And you'll never guess what happened next. They got married. They fell in love no. and began a relationship. What a surprise. They really wanted to get married, but canon law wouldn't allow them to good get wrecked so this is basically a law by church leadership for the church and its uh, members so william traveled all the way to london to ask for advice and they were like elizabeth had given birth to a child it was a living child so you can't get married to fanny i don't know whether it's because he already had a union or whether it was because she was her sister i'm not sure i, I mean you would like to believe it was because they were literally close relations i mean yeah but i'm not sure what the reason was either way they were like nah you can't do that so william decided he just couldn't be around her anymore and he moved himself to london he gave up the post office in pursuit of a new life because he wanted to forget his love for this forbidden woman oh fanny did not like this and everyone around her was disapproving but she wrote heartfelt letters to william that talked about their relationship. Listen, I'm not being funny. She literally was going to leave. And then she was like, no, actually, I'll help this guy out. You know, I'll, I'll give him a hand. My sister's just died. We're both grieving. You know, I'll give, him a, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a solid. I'll hear him out. Then his son died. And she was like, oh, you know what, mate? I'll help you out. And then he was like, oh, no, we can't. Oh, no, we can't. Mm -hmm. And then just left. Yeah, he moved away. He was like, I can't be around you. He's completely mugged her off. Yeah, I promise you we'll talk about paranormal. We're just getting out the gossip first. <laughs> Eventually, he was just like, okay, fuck it. Come to London with me and we'll just live together as man and wife, even though we can't get married. So they just decided to live as a married couple and just not tell their new neighbours because it wasn't important. They called themselves Mr. and Mrs. Kent and they just went forward with that. And nobody knew. One of the neighbours, um, sorry, the neighbours didn't know about the drama of their past, but one person did find out. And this was their landlord. William had loaned him money and he refused to pay it back after discovering their relationship. So William had him arrested. Oh. Get wrecked. Someone told on you. They soon found new lodgings at Cock Lane. It was a three-story house in a decent area down a narrow road. They did have to live with their landlord and his family, though. 
because they'd met him at a church because he was a lay clerk, which is basically a choir boy, but an adult man. And they begged him to let them move in because they needed somewhere to live. His name was Richard and he was struggling to provide for his family. So he was like, okay, you no, can move in. You're joking. I know. Dick lives on Cock Lane with Fanny. Stop it, please. <laughs> and we'll split costs for staff. Seems like a fair deal. William was like, I'll do you one better. I'll owe you some money. I'll loan you some money. Because obviously he's a loan shark. So he loaned him 12 guineas to be paid back at the rate of one guinea a month. Because that was the currency before 1816. Yeah. I tried my best to figure out how much this was in pounds for you, um, but because we don't use that currency anymore, it was quite difficult. But I think it's the equivalent of about a grand and a half to two and a half grand. All right. Anyway, he made some deals, so they moved in. Richard was living with his wife and two daughters when Fanny and William moved in. And then Fanny got pregnant. A few months into living at the house, William had to go away for an event in the country, and he left his pregnant wife with Richard's family. While William was away, Richard's oldest daughter, also called Elizabeth, sorry, right, was staying in the same bed as Fanny. During the night, the two of them began hearing some strange noises that really freaked them out. Both Fanny and the child reported hearing scratching and tapping. Ooh, ghostly. <laughs> Why are you acting like that's the worst Ooh, thing we've ever spoken spooky. about? <laughs> Ooh, scratching. Elizabeth asked her mother what the noises were. And she said that they were likely from a cobbler, but the noises continued on a Sunday night when nobody was working. The family tried to brush it off, but it wasn't long until a neighbour visited and left the house terrified because he'd reported seeing a ghostly white figure on the staircase. It was me. Same. Later, Richard said that he also had seen a ghost in his home. Fanny was only a few weeks away from giving birth when she fell ill with smallpox. <gasps> They had a will written to assure that William would inherit her belongings. She was forgiven for her sins, and she died on the 2nd of February, 1760. As Fanny lay dying, a preacher determined that the spooky noises were from her sister Elizabeth, who had died. <gasps> and she wanted to communicate with her husband and her sister. You'd think she'd be pretty pissed, right? Yeah, she's totally going to slag him off through a preacher. So she was, she was haunting the house, apparently, is what they thought. William had some troubles with Fanny's family after she died because they found out that he would be inheriting the majority of her money. But he was able to move on quickly because he became a stockbroker and found a new wife just a year later. Okay, that's a bit quick. Yeah, well. So we'll jump forward to uh, 1762. Even though Richard had helped William and Fanny out with shelter, William decided to sue Richard because he hadn't finished paying off his debts to him. He still owed him three guineas. Wow. This was also around the time that the spooky noises began increasing. Young Elizabeth, who was now probably about 14, would regularly complain about scary noises coming from the house. She described these as the sound of a cat scratching a chair. Possibly it was a cat scratching a chair. Maybe it was a ghost. <laughs> Richard tried his best to get rid of the noise by removing the wood around the bed frame, hoping to put a stop to it. But when it didn't work, he asked a preacher to come and take a look to determine whether the activities were paranormal. It's just huge bed bugs. <laughs> like this big, meaty man. Ginormous. They concluded that this new spirit must be the ghost of Fanny herself, oh, and God. both of William's exes were haunting the house. Can you imagine anything worse than being haunted by all your exes? Especially no. after you found a new wife so quick after both of them died. Yeah, it's not looking good for you, buddy. It's looking, in fact, bad, yes. 
They figured that since the ghost was so obvious, they had an important message to disclose because it was strongly believed at the time that spirits would harm, would haunt you to warn you about something or like try and tell you something. So they decided to attempt communication with the spirits through a game of knocking. So they said, you know, knock once for yes, twice for no, before asking very specific questions. Yeah. With this method, they were able to get some very interesting information from the apparent ghosts. All right. The ghost of Fanny confessed that she had been murdered. <gasps> and the ghost of Elizabeth said she was trying to haunt the house before this to warn her sister that she was going to die at the hands of William. Oh my God. Ghost drama. I love it. The best kind of drama. Then the ghost of Elizabeth disappeared. She just left. So she couldn't get more information out of her. But the scratching ghost that determined to be Fanny said that she'd been killed not from smallpox, but from arsenic poisoning. Oh my God. The ghost apparently said she'd been given poison about two hours before she died and she'd come back for justice. Good. Good for you. Then more drama followed as the neighbours and the preachers heard that William had come back and demanded the debt he was owed. So, you know, even in these circumstances, so they were like, it's not looking good for you, buddy. And the family of Fanny and Elizabeth came forward to that they couldn't even see Fanny's body because William had had her coffin screwed down, the lid of the coffin, so they couldn't see the body. Wow. And they were like, it's because when you have smallpox, you have scars. Yeah. And she mustn't have because he poisoned her. So he wouldn't want them to see the truth. Wow. The other members of the church in the area came to evaluate um, the legitimacy of the ghost because they put all their trust in the ghosts because of their religion. And soon, a local magazine was running a story about the ghosts and all the, the drama going on. do. So everyone in the area was like, William is a murderer and his angry ex-wives are here to haunt him. Good. Crowds would gather around the house and take tours for a small fee. Soon, William was desperate to clear his name and a seance was held by two physicians to ask more questions to the ghost of Elizabeth and Fanny. The ghost repeated the allegations against William, and more seances followed. Even the Lord Mayor of London got involved at one point to come see this. Love it. And it got so popular in the area that it was hard to just go through the streets in the area. And Richard was making some good money from doing the tours. But then the truth came out. Young Elizabeth, alive Elizabeth, Richard's daughter, yep. was behind the ghost. She'd been using a small piece of wood she kept in her clothes to knock against the surfaces, I guess to get revenge on William for being a loan shark on her dad. I'm sure her dad set her up for it, but it was all, it was all coming out. Oh my God. So then William took them to court for trying to pin a murder on him because Fanny had died naturally from smallpox and Richard was found guilty and sent to prison. And the building has now been demolished, but there's been some rebuilding on the street. So I guess you can go see the area, but you can't see the building. And the story's been so popular, it was even referenced by Charles Dickens in A Tale of Two Cities. Wow. And that's that. That was filled with everything. Right? Vengeance. Love. Loss. Ghosts. Fake ghosts. Oh, man. Wow, that really did it. I really thought you would like that. I love that. I was hyped to tell you it. What a wonderful story. Right? Thank you so much. Should we do the scare scale or is it irrelevant? Because this whole thing was just a roller coaster. Ah. Uh... What do you want to do? It's your story. Oh. Oh. We just won't do it because there's no point. That's Actually, fun. yeah, go on, let's do it. Okay. Scary. Well, nothing really happened. I guess like two. Maybe one and a half. Sorry, I changed my mind. 
If I heard like some scratching, I'd be like, oh, bit weird. You're in then danger. None. <laughs> it wasn't real. Likelihood of something scary. Well, that's a zero. <laughs> Ideas. Um, it was not real. Oh, this is a crap one to this case, Galen. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. If you like the podcast and you want to go follow us on social media, you can do that at Mids Magic Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram, we put all the fun stuff, but you can go somewhere else if you want to just get the updates for the podcast and, you know, the occasional selfie, obviously. You can also go over to patreon.com forward slash myths magic murder and get some exclusive content. Over on Patreon, blah, 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 blah. Hibbity bop bop. Over on Patreon, you can see our beautiful smiling faces. You can see Abby looking sick as hell. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you mean... Yeah. True. Um, oh, it's apparently easy. Oh my goodness. Uh, you can also get a discount on our merchandise. You get 10% off if you are a Patreon. And you can pay as little or as much as you want a month to join our little club. It's quite nice. It's very cute. Um, if you want to see the merch, you can view it over on mythsmagicandmurder.com. Also on the website, there's a little referrals and submissions thing. So if you've got any stories that you want to tell us or any stories that you want us to cover, you can pop them on over on there. And if you have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales or spooky stories, you can email them on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Awesome. Tell me about your ghost. No. That's it then. <laughs> okay. My sources are Wikipedia, America's Most Haunted Hotel.com, Legends of America. <laughs> That's straight to the point. Yeah. Legendsofamerica.com, hauntedghoststories.com, smithsonianmag.com, atlasobscura.com, encyclopedia of arkansas.net. So as you've guessed, the Crescent Hotel has also been called the most haunted hotel in America. Nice. <laughs> it's a historic hotel found at 75 Prospect Avenue, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Eureka Springs is a city in Carroll County and has an estimated population of just over 2,000 people, which is mini. Mm-hmm. It draws in tourists because it's a Victorian resort village with Victorian-style cottages and manors dotted about the city. Interesting. Plus, now it gets us ghosty freaks turning up (laughs) to see what's going on. That's always a bonus. Well, not always, but, you know, most of the time. It was built and opened back on May 20th, 1886 by Isaac S. Taylor as a rich people's resort, as so many resorts are. (laughs) It was opened here because of the resort's location. It was surrounded by natural healing springs, so it was promoted as a relaxation resort. However, over the years, not that many rich people were turning up because, you know, the depression hit, and they were beginning to doubt the actual validity of the claims of the healing waters, so it lost money quickly and fell into disrepair. It was left for about 20 years, and then was opened on September 23rd, 1908, as the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women, Basically a boarding school. Nice. It seemed to be the typical girls' school, and in the summers it would open again as a resort. Worst places to go to school. Right? It's also, like, really grand looking. They spent a lot of money on building it. You'd feel fancy if you got sent to school, though. Oh, yeah. Put your feet in that spring. So it opened... <laughs> Sorry. It opened as a resort over the summers when the, when the girls went there, but they still weren't making enough money to keep the business going, so they closed. Shortly after, they retried with the junior school, but again, didn't have the funds. It was then, in 1937, that a man named Norman G. Baker got his hands on the property. So let me tell you about him, because he's important. He was born in Iowa on November 27th, 1882, and was the 10th and last child. 10th. 
and last child. We used to have a lot of children. Crazy. To John Baker and Francis May, who were an inventor and a writer, respectively. Norman was in line to follow his father into becoming an inventor, but he got wrapped up in vaudeville performances, which were basically old-time comedians. Fair enough. And he went on to set up his own troupe. Wow. That sounds fun. Then he worked in radio for a bit and used this as a platform to attack commercial media and political groups that he didn't agree with. Oh, okay. Of course, this got him into numerous lawsuits throughout the years, and eventually he quit radio, which I'll get to. A few years before he quit, he knew he wanted to go into medicine, specifically trying to cure cancer. This guy's got some very specific dreams. Yeah. He didn't bother with all the effort of learning and licensing, though. He just went straight into it, with the help of Harry Hoxie. By April 1930, Norman had been put in charge of the Baker Institute and was giving himself free promo on there as a radio presenter. This man never studied medicine. Fun. I don't think I like him. I don't think I do. Mm, Sounds a bit bit sketch. His cure for cancer was extremely expensive and involved injections of a mix of the following. Corn silk, watermelon seeds, clove... Sorry, clover, water, and carbolic acid. Oh my god. It's not like fatal. It's fine. No, but the thought of it makes me feel sick. Yeah. Alongside him doing this, obviously the American Medical Association were publishing reports in their journals about how this guy was a quack and he was not helping anyone. And then he was like making sort of radio presentations being like, oh, the AMA is absolute just bull. Like they're they're scamming you out of your money. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they study, but they get taught nothing, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean? So eventually the AMA took him to to court for an injunction, which was granted. And then the, re- the reason that he quit radio then was because the station was literally shut down because of him um, and it was de-licensed because that was what he was using to slag off licensed medical practitioners and big himself up. Mm. Yeah. He was exiled to Mexico. Of course. But later returned to set up another radio station. I think he spent a night in a cell and paid like 50 quid. Of course. Nice. When he set up this radio station, he used this to produce anti-Semitic and anti-Catholic content. Plus, he broadcast when he was having sex with his mistress and went back to promoting his old cancer cure. What a weird man. Just in time for Norman to purchase the Crescent Hotel. Ah. When his patients arrived at the hotel, he mainly cured them, in inverted commas, by getting them to drink the natural spring water. Obviously, this was just him continuing to scam people out of their money. And he was eventually arrested for mail fraud from sending out his brochures in 1939, because obviously they were looking for a way to just get him. Yeah. But it was thought that over the years, he had defrauded cancer patients of around $4 million dollars. Can you guess how much that is in today's money? What year is it? 1880 something? It's the early 1900s now. Oh, geez. Um, 23 million. 74 million dollars. Oh my God. Yeah. At this time, it was thought that although his actions didn't directly cause the deaths of any patients, he had shortened their lifespans because they weren't getting the treatment they actually needed. Wow, that's a lot of money as well. 
This being said, a couple of sources said that he would inject the cocktail I mentioned earlier into a hole he'd drilled into patients' skulls. No, don't do that. Plus, he would continue to send letters to family members even after the patients had passed away to make it look like the treatment was working and that they would continue to send money. What a horrible little man. Although no one knows for sure whether that was the truth, it does kind of crop up. You know? I mean, why would he not? He's doing everything else terribly. <laughs> Might as well. So, it's completely understandable why this hotel would be a hotspot for ghosts. Yeah. Especially if you believe the tales that one of the stonemasons who built the hotel originally mysteriously fell from one of the balconies. Mm. Or the other tale that one of the boarding school girls was thought to have died from possibly being pushed from a different balcony. Border of the balconies here. Mm-hmm. Both of both of whom were thought to have died. Nowadays, it's a hotel that offers ghost tours. They bask in it. Of course. As you do. The ghosts that can be seen here are Michael, the Irish stonemason who fell to his death. He can be seen in room 218. He likes to play tricks with the lights, doors, and television, and may be heard hitting the walls. A few guests have been shaken awake during the night. Oh. And once a guest ran into the hallway screaming from the room, saying they saw blood all over the walls. A classic. <laughs> yeah. He googled what do ghosts do, and then he did Fun it Fun ghosts activities. For free. There's Theodora, a cancer patient, who fumbles for her keys outside room 419, and who helps guests in this room tidy their belongings away as they're leaving if she oh. likes them. Yeah. If oh, she, she seems nice. People go there to be like, oh my God, I wonder if she's here. And they'll like leave their stuff around. But she'll literally only do it if she likes you. And no one can figure out why she likes you. And this one couple went there and they left some loose change like around the room. And then they went to dinner. They came back up and she'd ordered it in terms of like quarters, dimes, cents. That's so cute. Yeah. I wonder what it is that makes them like you. Don't know. An unnamed nurse can be seen dressed in white, pushing a gurney on the third floor after 11pm, which is apparently around the time the deceased used to be moved out of the hospital. I would freak out if I saw that. People say they've heard the rattling metal and squeaky wheels as she passes Ooh. through the corridors. Big no. The only thing scarier than child ghosts? Medicine-themed <laughs> ghosts. The next ghost is Brecky, a four-year-old. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Who died in the hotel because of appendicitis complications who now roams around the hallways playing games with the current guests or bouncing his ball. I'm not going here. and You can't make me. No one's forcing you. You're fine. I won't do it. Sometimes Norman himself can be seen wearing a white linen suit and looking very confused. Dr. John Fremont Ellis, who was the hotel's in-house doctor while it was a college, can be seen. He's seen near room 212, but no one's sure why his ghost remains here. He's most noticeable through the smell of cherry tobacco that he smoked from his pipe. Hmm. A ghost known as the girl in the mist will throw herself from one of the balconies at around half ten at night into the gardens below. If you have to have a ghost name, the girl that's in the a mist. Good one. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. Um, she's thought to believed. She's she's thought to be the girl from the boarding school. Yeah. That the rumors are about. And then there's Morris. Morris. Oh. He, he was the cat. Oh, Morris. Yeah. He was the cat of the resort when it opened. 
He was just a stray that the turned up. The cat of the resort. Yeah. That's so cute. He was a stray that turned up and became somewhat of a fan favorite. People started calling him the general manager. Oh my God. And then they would say that a stay wasn't complete without having seen the general manager. That's so sweet. He lived for 21 years in the hotel. Wow. And he can still be heard and seen to this day. I would love to see a ghost cat. Even if a ghost isn't seen, there are hotspots where paranormal activity still occurs. Guests have reported growing faint, passing out, and turning pale at one particular spot on the third floor. Investigators have since speculated that perhaps it's a portal to the other side. As well as this, the old morgue has become more active since 2019, which is not a sentence that you want to hear. Nope. (laughs) This is because back in 2019, hundreds of glass jars were found around the estate. Right. Why? They were from Norman's stay at the residence. They were specimen jars. Oh my god, ew. Some of which contained what looked to be samples from his patients. Ah! Others were filled with, like, goo. That's so... that's the worst. Yeah. And since then, a black figure has reportedly been seen lurking in the morgue. And people have experienced cold spots down there. I don't like that one bit. No. So if for some reason you do want to stay at this ghoulish getaway, you can. You can book a room. Just for the cat and no one else. Yeah. Apparently, obviously, the the rooms that I've mentioned, they are in higher demand. Yeah. Especially the one with Theodora. Bless her. Yeah, I mean, she would be nice too. But yeah, if you go, please let us know. Yeah, I would love to. Also be careful though, because someone died in 2017. Oh, how? They fell. From the balcony? Yeah. Mm. Mm. So just be careful. Get a non-balcony room. Oh, yes. Dear God, don't go outside. Just stay right in the middle of the hotel at all times. <laughs> stay in the lobby and then leave. <laughs> they like, just stand in the hallway and then go outside. They're like, miss, your room's ready. And you're like, hmm? What room? I know, I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, that is my spooky Crescent Hotel. Interesting. That is spooky. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you want to do this guy's girl? You might as well just, just scrap him. Oh, yeah, might as well. Oh, 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 go on then. Oh, right. Oh, no, go on. Oh, okay. Oh, please do it. Oh, here we are. How scary do you think this is? Um, I'm going to say four. Ooh. I don't think the ghosts are all necessarily scary. There is a hospital ghost and a child ghost, so I would be afraid there. Yeah. The goo jars freak me out. I don't like anything to do with heart with medicine. It's medis- pronounced medis- chicken goujons. Oh, my God. <laughs> the... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the anything to do with um not correct medicine really, really freaks me out. It makes my anxiety spike all the way up. It's the scariest thing. Fair. So that is the majority of the reason. How dangerous? Three. Three. Fair enough. I wouldn't get a balcony room. God no. What's the likelihood that something paranormal is going on here? Four. Yeah. There's something spooky about that. I hope it's the cat. I would love to see little Morris. Morris. Little Morris. So cute. (laughs) Do you have any other ideas apart from ghosts? Fun stories. Yeah. Yeah. Or people convincing themselves that there are ghosts there because of the dark history. Could also be publicity. It could also be publicity. 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 Or ghosts, innit? It could be ghosts. It could indeed be be a ghost. And that 
is all of the information that I have for you. Thank you. That was very fun. Thank you for yours. Thank you for your time. Yeah. If you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts because they don't let you do that anywhere else. They do not. No. And you know what I'm not going to let you do? Give us a bad rating. Listen before bed. Oh, I was going to say, give us five stars or we'll come for you. <laughs> we'll set the ghosts on you. Listen before bed. Yeah. <laughs>